keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Hey, I'm Dan St. Germain, and this is Wrestle Roasts. I don't know why. What was that? that? <laughs> Did I hear a, a toilet flush after that? <laughs> uh, Scott we, uh... is here. Robert Carpel is Mike Lawrence. I'm drinking a Bush non-alcoholic beer. Dan, uh, Dan, we wouldn't know if it was an alcoholic beer. You wouldn't have to tell us. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to... Wrestle roast, oh, fuck. Oh, so this podcast is half Jew, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, besides my uh, anti-Semitism and uh, former alcoholism, let's get to um, some business up top. Roasts coming up. We got. I love, I love Hanukkah because it looks like eight candle penises inside a pussy menorah. <laughs> That's true. That's actually my entire first album. That, yeah. that joke. Uh, the the rest coming up. Uh, we have Suzuki, Charlotte Flair, Mick Foley, and the Year End Awards. We are probably moving to two roasts a month next month, and then doing two of the other shows as theme shows, just to see how it is. See if you guys like it. Um, you know, there's some other there's some ideas, some interesting ideas that we've had that you know we're gonna still marinate on a little bit, but it could be like fun for the for the show and. The show is so much more than the roasts, even though it's called Wrestle Roasts, which is which is uh, propelled us into the stratosphere of making millions of dollars, folks. Um, yes, we're all broadcasting from our yachts, so yes. if this sounds a little weird. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, all right, so if you're a five dollar uh, patron, and you should be because it's the best deal in Patreon history, um, we have we have just had the roast to, not the roast, but we just uh, talked about the wrestler starring QT Marshall which you can get for free on Tubi and you can get our review. If you become a patron uh, for this, this week, we're doing the roast to Ryback and we're going to be reviewing the triple a mania, which I'm really, really excited about. That's one of my favorite shows last year. So I'm excited to talk about it. The next week we have mailbag uh, backlash. If you like WrestleMania backlash, you'll like mailbag backlash. Then we got jingle all the way too. then we're off. Then we got the day one review then the uh, roast of Anoki. And already, hey, WWE's already announcing uh, a match for day one, which is very un-WWE. Seth Rollins versus Big E versus Kevin Owens. We have a five-star review, comments, join our YouTube, Facebook. We only have like 500 people on the YouTube. We need to get more. 600 people, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, subscribe, T-shirts. I, I want to I thank everybody who bought T-shirts all over this holiday weekend because I, I saw that some people did definitely buy them um it please message our facebook or twitter or instagram and let us know which uh which got which host you want to call and uh, or if you want zach to call you to give you some hygiene tips i think you know that's also on the table guys yeah he just wanted to wear the shirt and was like i like listening to these guys but i know they can't have a human conversation that's okay too (laughs) 
so far, um, it's all been Robert. Robert is the only host that's I been got one, host. baby. Oh, nice. There you go. Did you get one, uh, Scott? Oh, yeah, I got one. Yeah. It's me. Holy shit. Dude, nobody wants nope. to hear the dogs barking, man. It's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, you want to party with, oh, uh, it's a non-alcoholic bush. Uh, <laughs> Dan. Dan, Dan drinks non-alcoholic bushes, but then watches Raw, and it feels like he's getting drunk. Like, he just thinks <laughs> he's getting trashed. Hey, no, Raw Scott, was, getting Raw drunk is fun. Watching <laughs> Raw is not fun. Raw was kind of fun. I mean, I don't know. It was, it yeah. was better than it usually. The first 40 minutes were good. But getting drunk is, is is like watching Raw in that if your like wife walks in on you, you're like, leave me alone. Yeah, I yeah mean, and every I, time I do it, I feel like I got taken advantage of. <laughs> I will tell you this. I, I will say this a hundred percent. My wife has walked in on me watching porn and listening to Meltzer, and she has had way at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has. Uh, <laughs> it's just me. Five star blowjob. Five stars. <laughs> yeah, well, me jerking off while he collects the marbles that have spilled on his head. Yes. Uh, no, uh, she was way more offended by Meltzer. She's like, "God damn, is this shit on again?" Yeah, you could you could come into a sock and then Dave could count all of the sperm. <laughs> to be fair, I've been I've been caught listening to Meltzer way more than jerking off. So. But hey, we're talking about one of the greatest of all time today. And we're not just saying it, man. This is the heavy one of the heavy hitters of heavy hitters. Probably the biggest big man, best big man ever. If if you don't want to include Taker in that conversation, which we can have that debate. Andre the Giants. I mean, this guy, what a huge bright side. And I know this because this week I've had to write Andre the Giant jokes and I've had to write Ryback jokes. And I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that Andre had the more impressive career. Who knows if Ryback comes back and becomes the next um, Stone Cold. But uh, right now it's, it's, it's Andre all the way. Um, Robert, why don't you give, uh, give your opinion on uh, Andre the Giant's? Uh, Andre was probably the first real global spectacle in wrestling. Uh, the fact that he was a guy that you could just tour around the world and he was known no matter where he went and he drew. Uh, he's a guy who is probably misunderstood by most casual wrestling fans because he had amazing skills that they told him to, to dampen when he got to the WWF. They didn't want him throwing drop kicks or, or doing spectacular moves because yeah, they wanted to preserve his Japanese him matches folks his Japanese matches a lot of the footage that's out there about him it's why people like Jim Ross get so frustrated today with giants and big men that they they do too much that you're seeing a guy like you know Drew McIntyre do a, a swanton off the top rope it's Andre preserved his mystique in the WWF because he just seemed like an unstoppable monster. He was one of the best baby faces of all time for the majority of his career. And when he turned heel, he was genuinely terrifying. When I was a little kid, I remember seeing WrestleMania three and I was, and it was like a cartoon and I was afraid of Andre because Andre looked like a terrifying monster that was going to murder my hero, Hulk Hogan. Um, he's in my third favorite Rob Reiner movie of all time, the princess bride. And the first two, uh, when Harry met Sally and a few good men. So, Misery isn't in your top three. 
I just listed off the top three. Misery was not in the top three. No, Misery is probably number four. Yeah. And then what, North number five? I don't know. Rob Reiner's career is kind of hit and miss. First off, Misery is way better than A Few Good Men. It's not even It's not even a, a, a contest, but keep going. That's not what It's not a movie podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. It's a wrestling podcast. Uh, and, and my favorite Andre thing as a kid, which I was almost going to recommend for our show in hell later, but we didn't. He was in a Honeycombs commercial that aired every Saturday morning where he climbs into a treehouse with kids and a robot. And it is one of just like the touchstone moments of my childhood of how delightful and fun it is. I watched it before this today. It's a blast. He's a dude who who entertained kids. Adults loved him. He was a real crossover star into mainstream. And it's unfortunate he doesn't get the kind of recognition that he probably deserves uh, and is one of the only people in Vince McMahon world that you will never hear a bad word about Andre. Andre is the reason why the WWF was successful. It's why Vince is where he is. And he will always be like the untouchable guy in the WWF. The 1980s when robots were big, clunky and friendly instead of small things that ruin our lives in 2021. <laughs> Scott, um, Andre, obviously way before your time, before my time. Uh, did you uh, did, did you get ever get into Andre? Did you ever have like an Andre run? As a I, you know, I had an Andre action figure, um, mm-hmm. but no, I, I you know especially you know like the way WWE presented him, where he was this kind of you know the immovable object. He didn't do too much work, and I just I always liked wrestling for like work rate. Now I I completely understand it, and um, yeah, what a spectacle! What an like you know what an unbelievable interesting cool thing for people to go see and blah 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 i get it it's like yeah you know eighth wonder of the world it feels very much like that i mean and he is a giant he's not just a tall guy there's guys taller than him who don't look like him he you know because of what he had it's absolute spectacle and it's it's really really cool to see and uh yeah one of like the most recognizable faces in wrestling uh without a doubt and robert's right in, in, in terms of like kind of you know being the first big draw i know he was like the highest paid for for a very very long time like i think over a decade he was the highest paid guy and uh it makes sense so yeah andre rules oh and princess bride is great you know and he's very lovable in it scott you're breaking up a little bit or is it me it's Scott. Whatever, guys. <laughs> Turns out it was Dan. Oh. <laughs> yes. What a swerve. Yes, I knew it. Oh, he's frozen. Um, I guess I guess I'll go. Um, well, Andre rules. I mean, he he's awesome. Uh, one of the first Hasbro's I had, and like, and and he looked intimidating as a Hasbro. Even he had like like the. The stomach that like moves back and forth with like the two big palms, like I, I think I, I mean my first memory of watching wrestling ever is just I I don't know if it was the the main event um eighty eight but like no it was around that time but like I just remember him in a in a suit because he always looked so fucking intimidating and awesome in a suit and and I remember it was like sometime around like yeah like. Hanukkah or, or so like 88 like December like watching Andre and be like oh this is fucking cool um you know and him and Warrior like like got me in and 
you know, he is a guy that it's like like how everyone remembers Elvis for the like the jumpsuit era when you know the pioneering rock and roll slash stealing black people music stuff is way more influential but it's like whenever you see elvis it's the jumpsuit it's like that's kind of like andre's memories in the sense like yeah we remember him from like the end of his career like fat andre (laughs) broken down andre managing the bushwhackers andre yeah no i remember that stuff and he and i even remember when they when they announced his passing and it was like a big fucking deal and and it felt like it felt, you know, like it really, yeah, hurt Vince and stuff. It's because the guy, I mean, he really, he's undeniable. And, and I don't, and I think there are some wrestlers that are that. I don't, I don't know if everybody is, but it's like, you know, there's people we talk about every week that we debate why, whether or not they should even be on a show. Uh, and <laughs> you're never going to do that with Andre because it is like the idea of like, it, the 20 you know like like what bruno did with with madison square garden or like what andre did is even more impressive because you know like a lot of guys who had their territories and people came to see them again and again like that's impressive but to travel the world and have everybody want to see you uh for that many years because that that means the novelty didn't fade like that means that people saw him and then they wanted to see him again um you know when he went back to japan when he went back to these places and that's pretty uh incredible i think and yeah princess bride uh is a classic and 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 one of my favorite things that i was reading in the wikipedia was that he would go into the locker rooms before matches and he would have everyone watch the movie with him and he would be like how did you like my performance but (laughs) it's just (laughs) amazing to me because it really is you know it it's an also, you know, undeniable is a word you could use for Princess Bride also. It's just a, I went, I went to a table read of, of the Princess Bride, like a, a celebrity table read. And even just reading the script, like the script is fucking fantastic. Like you're still entertained just by the words. And it's like, you know, but I imagine if you're, you know, uh, Terry Taylor and it's your 10th time having to watch you probably hate it like i bet there's like a generation of wrestlers who just fucking hate that movie because how many times andre made them watch it like even when they want to like just put their gear on he's like look i talk about peanuts <laughs> so but yeah, yeah that's I mean, andre's, andre's great future man is back we got it we're having some some uh, technical difficulties today but uh so we as in dan we isn't it? The, the audience had no idea you were gone. Yeah. He's broken the fourth wall. Hey, Dan, back. Hey, man, you save you save old filibuster Lawrence for last, and no one will know you're away. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're the Strom Thurmond of our podcast. <laughs> um, he's not that I'm racist. Back, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, he's not that racist, but Mike's from Florida, so I just imagine it's like Alzheimer's is going to kick in at some point. <laughs> like he's going to be forty-five and then just be like. Uh, 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 black people i hate um no he'd be more nuanced it'd be like something weird like he hates albanians or something yeah i don't fuck with albanians man those guys uh, are tough i can't hate black people as long as wakanda is an upstanding nation <laughs> well i want to uh i'll just go into my bright side real quick you know i thought that the first time i saw andre was the princess bride but i realized it was those uh, Shepard Fairly Obey campaign commercials. 
uh, po- stickers. They were all over New York City. And that was who first introduced me to Andre the Giant is this. And I think that that's Andre in general. He's he's just, you know, this otherworldly figure, you know, like we, we don't really have it in any other form of entertainment. I think he may be, you know, a true original. Um, this past week, I, I watched his match against Stan, Stan Hansen that everybody talks up in New Japan. And they don't do a lot, but man, their selling is fucking awesome. And I mean, at the time, New Japan understood kind of what WWE has understood at times when they have like big matches with Brock and Taker is that like the more chaos that you have going around in the ring, the more the more believable it looks. Um, I don't know if anyone here's mentioned the Samuel Beckett story, but Samuel Beckett, who's one of my favorite. Did you mention it, Mike? No, I didn't. But no, it's Samuel cool. Beckett is one of my favorite playwrights. He wrote Waiting for Godot, Endgame, a bunch of other shows that like actually made me fall in love with with theater um he used to drive andre to school every day which is i mean samuel beckett's kind of a crazy guy because he dated i think he dated like freud's daughter too i'm not totally oh he's sure. a nobel peace prize winner right um well, prize winner, right? not so much for peace not oh, peace. Not for he's a nobel peace. prize winner for literature probably right for, uh, okay when, i don't fucking know <laughs> I, mean, oh, I don't oh, know how oh, these prizes I think work like, you it know? Was like him and Eugene O'Neill were the only two players. Well, they're probably yeah, who gives a fuck. Andre was the first member of the Hall of Fame. Now that's impressive. Yeah, <laughs> Andre was as yes, kayfabe uh, accomplishments. Pro Wrestling Illustrated most popular wrestler of the year, Observer Hall of Fame. Even though he was voted as like worst wrestler a bunch of times by Dave, uh, WWE Hall of Fame, former WWE World Champion, former WWE Tag Team Champion, a bunch of other like local titles. Um, for promotions that aren't around anymore. Andre the Giant Battle Royal was named after him. I mean, have we even talked about the match with Hogan? No, yes. I wrote jokes about it. <laughs> no. Well, I, mean, I, I will incredible. say this, like, look, look, man. I mean, the match itself is like, whatever. But it does, as a wrestling fan, it does feel like watching your footage, like watching footage of the moon landing. You know, it's just, it feels like one of the, like a really integral historic, moment as a wrestling fan and uh i mean both guys even though the match is whatever both guys are great in the match so. oh dude that, i mean in the storyline it's like the, the the ripping off of the of, of hogan's crucifix is like such an iconic moment i mean and yeah and then even yeah the main event i know so many people have fond memories of the the double hebner switch and all of that like that that's how big wrestlemania 3 was is that they were doing like a rematch like a year later <laughs> and the ratings for it were the biggest ever for a wrestling show they, they they did that, do that i mean they co they headlined SummerSlam with it because there was that tag match oh the like, mega bucks the, the mega bucks on andre headlined the first SummerSlam and the first wrestlemania which pretty incredible and and the first survivor series so i mean he's pretty pretty insane because that's yeah, the first WrestleMania. I think it's WrestleMania Superstars, the first arcade game. The final bosses you, you can't play as them, but they're the Mega Bucks, and it's fucking DiBiase and Andre. And Andre has so much health; it is so hard to fucking. Which is funny because he was in the worst shape of his life in real life. <laughs> but, yeah, I remember he was like a blast to play in um in the WWE games for sure. Yeah, the first NES game I had, he was in. And it's interesting, yeah, because it's like, I mean, you know, Fuck Dave Meltzer could also be the name of uh, 
any podcasts on the ad-free shows network, but fuck Dave Meltzer. Uh, because for how limited he was, like he never was not over and he never was not wanted. Like he always fucking mattered. And I think it's, it's, it's also like, it's just, it's just like his face. Like we all remember the Jake, the snake moment, not because a snake was biting him, but because, you know, cause it wasn't biting me that, but, but the terror on Andre's face and just seeing yeah. it on the big mug is just, I mean, it's, they tried to recreate it with the big show, but it, it's just never, nobody's even come close to it. They tried to recreate everything with the big show and it didn't work because it wasn't as natural. We saw the best in Andre and then big show by default was always going to be a, a lesser than replica of him. Okay. But they also did a terrible job with, I mean, yeah. that was all them dropping the ball hard. They they re, hey, they rebooted Big Show. W dropped the Billy Gunn Big Show feud, so I don't even want to hear it. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, they found they found the perfect place for him. Just uh, three minutes slamming a guy in a bowling shirt before the match you want to see. <laughs> <laughs> that is to me, true. The, yes, to me though, one of the great enduring legacies for Andre backstage because everyone knows there's there's the gorilla position. They, they rarely name things after someone, but there is the Andre shot, which is always inserted into scripts when they're when they're tilting the camera up, when someone's walking down the, the aisle or in the back. You don't need to explain it. You just need to say, all right, we're giving him the Andre shot. And everyone in production knows exactly what that means. That's how iconic he is, that people that don't even haven't been in wrestling before, they know when you're there. All right, we're doing the Andre shot. You know what this means because it's that shot to make him look like this towering monster, and it's still used to this day. Can I, can I tell a quick story about that? Which was um, when I when I uh, roast battled uh, Ralphie May, rest in peace. They did the Andre shot um, because we we did like a like a walkout and all that. There was like all this like pre show filming stuff that day, and he got so pissed that they were filming him that way. <laughs> But it was very much the from the ground, up, you know. And he's Ralphie, like, if you're pissed about that, just wait till the wait till you see how the rest of the taping plays out. Yeah, well, that's besides the fact. I mean, I love Ralph. Rest in peace. But I just remember, like, and in my head, being like, "That's the Andre." <laughs> but they filmed him like that. And he's like, that, "That's just gonna make me look bigger." And I'm like, "Yeah, they did that with like." guys that weren't as big as Andre that they needed to make look as big as Andre. And, and if, you know, before we get into the roast, here's the best way to appreciate Andre the giant. I got two words for you. Giant Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. I have a joke about that where I won't do it in the roast now, but it's, it's ironic that Andre was so racist and then he was replaced by a shittier Mexican version of himself. <laughs> giant Gonzalez. Um, all right, folks, we're going to get to the roast right now. But before that, I just want to say Luke Goldbranson, who was on Winter House, was on Summer House, who my wife is using because I think she's secretly, well, not even secretly, she's openly attracted to him. And this is the only way I think to keep her him in her life. Uh, Luke Goldbranson is going to be on the show for our We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup, which we're doing Kerwin White and Isaac Yankum later in the show. So if you're a big Bravo fan, and a big Isaac Yankum fan, this is the segment for you. Eventually, Dan's going to realize that it's a podcast and people aren't listening to this live like they're going to tune out. Like, we got to keep them hooked or else they're going to they're gonna leave the show. They're, they're, they're with us, Dan. They're going till the end, until the plugs. You never know. You never know. Well, so they may know. leave if we don't start roasting Andre. <laughs> that is true. All right. Well, uh, perfect transition. Mike, who's up first? 
Uh, I'm going to say uh, you, Dan. All right. The roast of Andre the Giant. There will never be another Andre the Giant. And for that, we can thank medicine. <laughs> 21 Andre 2021 Andre the Giant would be called Shrek the Handicapped. He started out as a farm laborer because the waiting list was too long for the position of freak chased by townspeople. <laughs> it's basically what would happen if the blind side took place in Transylvania. <laughs> His promo style was stroke before speech therapy. <laughs> he feuded with Jim Duggan over whose body had more loose change stuck to it. <laughs> I'm not saying Andre is racist, but he only trusted a white with his luggage. <laughs> he once called junkyard dog the N-word, who confronted him saying, Andre, you address me with some respect and dignity by calling me by my Christian name, Junkyard Dog. <laughs> uh, the uh, last uh, movie he was in was Trading Mom, something Brian Pillman Jr. just Googled. Oh my gosh. Uh, Andre and the Rockers feuded with the Orient Express, which is what Jerry Lawler calls Jimmy Wang Yang's limo service. Um, New York police used to send a plainclothes officer to follow Andre around so he didn't fall and hurt himself. The NYPD couldn't comment on this because they were too busy shooting Omos for selling water. Robin Wright Penn was terrified <laughs> oh when Robin Wright Penn was terrified when Andre first put his hands on her neck, but turned around and was relieved to see it wasn't Sean. He starred in BJ and the Bear, which sounds like a Chris can't a bar Chris Canyon meets his girlfriend at. I just realized my fucking camera wasn't on. Um, his drinking was legendary, but like, it's only legendary because he's big. I mean, 30 bottles of wine for Jake Roberts is just beginning to forget. Um, <laughs> one second, sorry. Uh, plain bathrooms are so small that Andre had to use a bucket calling, causing Marty Gennetti to say, Hey, that's my shower. <laughs> he was more uncomfortable on a flight to Wrestle Kingdom than Flair on a bus to the Women's March. Andre will always be the eighth wonder of the world. The first seven were the tumors doctors removed from his back. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Andre letting Hulk Hogan pin him was the first time someone passed the torch to Terry. The second time was when Nick helped him light the cross outside Brooke's boyfriend's house. <laughs> All right, that's it for me, folks. Hey. All right. My, my favorite thing was when there was just like three seconds where you went, Ugh. and I, I hope when we when we do the, the clip on Twitter of the week, that's just your moment. Well, that's, uh, that's, the, that's the breath I make before I join you guys on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go next uh today we're roasting andre the giant the eighth wonder of the world and the last person you want using an airplane bathroom right before you do <laughs> <laughs> he had the body of a guy that could only fit in the back of a pickup truck and the voice of someone that rides the short bus <laughs> <laughs> seven feet tall 500 pounds 
and zero chromosomes. <laughs> he was so unhealthy looking. His body just looked like a duffel bag Randy Orton shit in too much. <laughs> he had a disease called acromegaly. Acromegaly is also how he pronounced WrestleMania. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to beat you on Acromegaly 3. (laughs) Hogan actually honors Andre every time he also refers to a black person as a bad news brown. (laughs) He was the deepest voice person to have an HBO documentary until Elizabeth Holmes said, Get out of the way. It's my time. <laughs> Get out of the way. Did you say I'm starving or no? <laughs> no, but you could also say that. Uh, That's so funny. He was, uh, he, was, he was the highest paid wrestler ever until promoters just realized they could. he would still wrestle if you just paid him in live cattle to eat. <laughs> he got 15 cows to wrestle Bruno at the garden. <laughs> he was known for his drinking. He once drank 140 beers in one setting. The only other wrestler to do that, Michael Hayes at Triple H and Stephanie's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Although Michael Hayes said the N-word less. Uh, he walked out on his pregnant girlfriend. To make it worse, he abandoned her while he was in one of those WrestleMania ring carts. tried being a dad for a week and then gorilla monsoon said will you stop (laughs) the guy was so french he retreated from fatherhood (laughs) his girlfriend said it was painful to have andre leave her and her kid but then again it was also painful to fuck him (laughs) <laughs> he didn't actually have sex with her the whole time Haku did most of the work and then tagged Andre for the finish <laughs> I say he was like a circus elephant but elephants care for their young and yes I'm going to focus on the daughter that he abandoned a bit more I'm not just going to mention it once and keep talking about how great he is Russell Roast ain't produced by Bill Simmons brother <laughs> He was never regularly in his daughter's life, but showed up a few times, billed as a special attraction. (laughs) And finally, uh, yes, he walked out on his woman and abounded his kid. But since she never became a great tennis player, there's no King Andre movie. (laughs) Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant wasn't nearly as present in his kid's life as King Richard. (laughs) No, no, he wasn't at all. Uh, But I will say this about Andre. Like, if I had a choice... This is so fucked up. If I had a choice between, you know, both parents raising me and then a shitload of money, I don't know which one I would go. <laughs> well, that's in, in the, in the documentary, brother. all the yeah. wrestlers are like, yeah, he wasn't with her, but he gave her money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I almost like, I get that. Um, also, I think it's, it's got to be like an extra burn for her for all these documentaries where it was like, it was so hard for Andre to travel. <laughs> <laughs> she's still like wait well, rather still travel than hang out with me for a fucking night i mean obviously the the girlfriend was drunk too since he was able to sneak out on her uh yeah i don't think that that's easy yeah no. uh robert you're next buddy uh today we are roasting andre the giant or as the undertaker calls him white omas <laughs> andre the giant was the eighth wonder of the world People were mystified because they'd never before seen a likable Frenchman. (laughs) 
When Andre was born, he weighed 13 pounds. After his birth, every time his mother walked, it sounded like a wind tunnel. (laughs) (laughs) Andre suffered from gigantism, which sounds like a diagnosis you'd get from Dr. Nick Riviera. (laughs) As a child, Andre befriended Samuel Beckett, and each wound up working in their own theater of the absurd. (laughs) If you don't get that joke, crack open a book, you fucking imbecile. (laughs) Andre won the Wrestlemania 2 Battle Royal which featured NFL players Vince put Andre in the match to prevent any of the football players from talking to the wrestlers about unions (laughs) Hogan versus Andre at Wrestlemania 3 was the greatest wrestling match ever for people who've never seen a wrestling match (laughs) to start his feud with Hogan Andre ripped off Hulk's cross Hogan wasn't very religious, but was a fan of Jesus's ability to Hulk up. (laughs) Hogan said when he slammed Andre, Andre weighed close to 700 pounds. A claim as believable as when Hogan said he loves black people. (laughs) Andre and the Million Dollar Man formed a tag team called the Mega Bucks. And unlike some other Bucks, Ted and Andre were tall enough to ride most roller coasters. Andre appeared on BJ and the Bear, which is not the name of a porno featuring Lars Sullivan. (laughs) Andre has one daughter, proof that a woman can get pregnant if she's on top. (laughs) Andre the Giant was billed as the greatest drunk on earth. Sorry, Dan. (laughs) Mike Graham got him for that word. Mike Grand claimed Andre once drank 156 beers in one sitting, which, if you've ever had a conversation with Mike Graham, is still not enough beer. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Andre had his own farm where he raised cattle. It was called the Broken Horse Ranch. (laughs) Hey, hey, you you respect Mike Graham. He committed tope suicida. All right. Andre the Giant uh, is from France. The French actually built the Statue of Liberty in hopes that Andre would fuck it and not their women. (laughs) (laughs) He's from France and deceased, or as they call it, French toast. Huh? Fuck you. He moved to the States after Vince McMahon Sr. captured him on Skull Island. (laughs) <laughs> the only difference between andre and donkey kong is donkey kong made it to 64 <laughs> <laughs> he drank a lot because this because the 12 steps don't have a handicap ramp uh hogan lifted andre's body and billy graham's image He's shaped like the tumor they found in his head. He's the Grinch if the Grinch's heart grew three sizes and then exploded. (laughs) He's shaped like the continent of Africa and drank enough to kill a village there. Uh, Andre the Giant had no choice but to shit in the shower, unlike Jake Roberts, who did have a choice. (laughs) 
Um, no matter how large his penis was, it 100% looked ridiculously small in comparison to his body. Like if you saw Andre naked, you'd go, holy shit, look at that tiny, tiny penis because of his frame. It's in fact small, like insanely small. His hands were probably too big for his penis. Anyway, uh, his accent is Teddy Hart on Vicodin. And is that it for me? That's it for me. Yes. Scott Chaplin, everybody. Scott Chaplin. I like Scott was doing a book report. Like he had to get through this. <laughs> Dude, man, when you, when you open with fucking a statue, where do you go from there? Like, I, know, I, love, I love that. Bring us your tired. Huddle I actually, I think you go to Teddy. I think you go to Teddy Hart. I think Scott's right. <laughs> yeah. Bring us your tired masses is just a pickup line. <laughs> All right. Oh, so WWE live slogan. Hello, masses. Hello. <laughs> All right. Let's get to uh show in hell. This week we watched. Andre as Bigfoot and the Six Million Dollar Man. I think it's on Vimeo. It's on YouTube. You Dude, can it's on it TikTok. Out. It's on everything. Yeah, it's I saw it on no. yeah. Scott, TikTok has a time limit, so no, it wasn't on. Well, there. no, it was a bunch of parts. It was in. A, it was in a bunch of parts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I I watched it on Daily Motion, and there was this guy Richie Richel who left a comment, which was I thought perfect, which is today it would cost two hundred fifty billion to build him, but he would have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Like, that's how crazy Andre was, man, where he just, like, he looked like CGI, dude. Um, well, and this man, entire... he was talking about the $6 million man. What? <laughs> the guy was referring to the $6 million man. <laughs> Not Andre. Oh, all right. Yeah, because he's a $6 million man, but now he'd be yes. $250 million Yes, I'm an idiot. Money. I just realized that. Oh, right? wait, but say it again. I, I thought it was about, about how they pay money for CGI, no? No. All right, no. I, 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 no, all right. I, I, I made the the whole thing. The whole video just feels like an. It feels like that they were doing a reenactment of how edibles hit you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking slow at times. And that's the Andre. It, that's his voice and everything. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see the full episode, but I see saw more than the fight. I saw like a ten minute clip, and at the very end of it, Andre turns out not to be Bigfoot, but a robot that the aliens that these aliens have uh set up to fight the six million dollar man and after andre gets his cyborg arm ripped off by the six million dollar man he runs into a cave and then the six million dollar man follows him and then what appears to be like some psychedelic you know wind tunnel to bother to borrow robert's phrase uh you know the six million dollar man just crumbles so he can't beat andre but he can be he, he can beat andre but he can't beat a psychedelic wind tunnel mike what do you think of this oh i mean i picked this because i fucking love it uh <laughs> i mean this is so stupid but it's fun you know i mean yeah obviously him as Fezzik could be ain't that swell and everyone's seen that and we know it and we love it but this it's like it was interesting because yeah this was like the work that he often would do he's also in conan of the destroyer as dogoth the, the big monster at the end but this, you see his face a little bit. And I know they're making an action figure to commemorate this, Andre as Bigfoot. And it's it's so fun. It's so getting silly. That action I mean, figure? Are you getting that action figure? Oh, yeah. Do you need to ask? Yeah. yeah <laughs> Does autism start with an A and end with an M? Um, but yeah, it's it's so funny because it's like, the amount of times that you hear that sound 
in any uh, six million dollar man clip. It's like it's also this is Steve Austin. This is the original. This is Steve Austin versus Andre the Giant, mm. the original man. Um, <laughs> the only time fucking, it's, it's so silly. Like you, you know, th- this this is up there with that Goonies clip that we did with Cindy Lauper, where it just it just makes you feel good. It does make you feel good. It is. It is. It's more of an ain't that swell, really. But yeah. Oh, but for sure it is. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, it's a blast. Shot like shit, but understandably, you know, that's yeah, just what that's they were everything. doing. Yeah. Everything was probably going to Steve Austin's salary then, which would be a plot device on Monday Night Raw. What yeah. what what happened to him after that show? Lee Majors. Yeah. He did a bunch he, of he stuff. Did. Okay. He's in the underrated classic Out Cold. Which just celebrated his twentieth anniversary like, last um, You know, he's kind of like uh, Barbara Streisand's husband, James. Not James Brolin, his dad, but jo- not Josh Brolin, but James. James Brolin. Brolin. James Brolin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's very James Brolin esque. Dude, he's still alive. He's eighty two. Pretty crazy. Fuck. Scott, what do you think? What do you think about this video? Yeah. Again, like I mean, it was super enjoyable. It's uh-huh. funny, obviously, but I was looking at it more like how you interpreted that YouTube comment which was, oh, it's cool to see an actual large person playing the role of a large being as opposed to, like, um, you know, CGI uh, characters and stuff. Yeah, I, I think it should be used more, especially because, you know, these people exist and, uh, and they can't do much. I, I, have, I have a joke in my act about how, like, they don't use midgets. Yeah, do you know anybody who's, like, Andre's size in Jersey? Is there anybody Andre? No. No, I do you mean, know I... anybody? I would love to see like a like a like a my giant story with Scott and whoever the North Jersey freak is. No, I don't know that <laughs> Joe Pesci's the tallest guy in Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Robert, what do you think of this clip? It was it would have been fine at two, three minutes watching all seven minutes of it. I just keep hearing the music in the background that just kept playing over and over and over on a loop. I also love that. The producers were so lazy, they knew they had someone who was tall that they did not spend a lot of money at all on that costume. Uh, <laughs> this was made at a Hobby Lobby for about $11. And uh, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's the best Steve Austin Andre match you're, you're going to see. It was, it was fine. They do use, like, Scott, they, a lot of the guys that were like random freaks in WWE, like Kurgan or Nathan Jones, wind up being used in movies. Uh, like, oh, the, yeah, the but guy- so Nathan Jones is not a, a, a free. I'm talking about, I mean, Andre the Giant is disformed. Dis, dis like, we are aware well, of this, right? Kurgan, I mean, even, but they even tried with Braun Strowman. He was in that Holmes and Watson movie. Yeah, but I don't think Braun Strowman is just, I, I mean, Andre the Giant is, I think, legitimately handicapped. Well, he had gigantism, so yeah. Well, yeah, but these guys. Strowman never had. Uh, Strowman never had gigantism. Yeah, they just no, large. No, men. the only the yeah. only person that had the 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 the, the same disease. Uh, I was going to call it Agamemnon. I realized that's not the right word. Um, acromegaly. I had the right joke. Yes, it. that's yeah. right. I know acromegaly. Uh, Big Show had it, but he had the surgery to correct yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. What a great colleague. Yeah, and look how that turned out. So that meant well, we got more great colleagues. So thanks, medicine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Luke Goldbronson is going to be great. Kali is like if they caught, like if if they uh, at the end they did the same thing that Jack Nicholson like to Chief. Come on, what what did they do to Nicholson? And make the joke for me, guys. A lobotomy. <laughs> yes, if Chief got a lobotomy at the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Boom! There we go. Wow. <laughs> ain't that ain't that? Slow. Hey, they they are both Indian. 
<laughs> a reference joke is always funnier when you have to source the room. Well, hey, you know, I, I feel like this is a workshop and the people listening understand that. No, we're right? really playing for the kids. There's Samuel Beckett conversations and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest Dude, and a $6 billion man. I wanted a feat. Third joke Robert pulled out of his ass. Come on. <laughs> I wanted a fee fi fo fum joke so bad. Well, I mean, you know, we still have fee fi uh, fo fum. I filled a stranger full of cum. Then I left her. <laughs> well, we still yeah. have the Kurgan, we still have the Kurgan roast eventually. So, <laughs> oh yeah, and by the way, uh, your 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 sixty four uh, joke, Scott. Man, when we do Big John Stud. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he hated he hated all other giants is always the fun yes, love he brett. was super insecure brett. of course who doesn't love brett brett kept bringing it up how him and andre were always close which is where dan's or sorry mike's gonna do his brett hart impression now no fine oh uh, i will <laughs> i was waiting for your uh, fucking comics you know, you know, robert? <laughs> yes robert no one, hey mike no one we heard you got an andre we heard we heard you got a brett hart impression I heard it go something like what? I also like that it was a comic relief reference. How old is this show? Unleashed, this unleashed, which is Comic Unleashed. It was around no, forever. I think it makes sense. I thought you said comic relief. I was like That's actually the one credit I still really want to do as a stand-up just for the story. <laughs> you you listen to me, Bret Hart. No one was able to pretend that Andre the Giant was a person like me. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, able to act like there was humanity in him better than anyone else. All right. Well, Mike, hey, what's sticking on you? And what's what's uh what's checking with the Forbidden Dorks Twitterverse, the best uh, fan base in the world? What do we got? All right. So I asked the Twitterverse this week, uh, you know, it was Cyber Monday when I asked the question if there was one thing that you could buy uh as a gift for yourself, a wrestling related thing, what would it be? And so at W, uh, I'm sorry, at Christopher W227, Robert Karpelis' notes from the year he worked for WWE. <laughs> By the way, we are slowly getting those throughout the podcast. Um, yes, they're, they're mainly tear stains, so they wouldn't ship well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we're, do, we're talking about Kerwin White this week. We'll see some of those notes. Um, <laughs> at Scott Ferry, a Michael Cole doll that yells all five things he's ever said on commentary when you pull its string. It's perfect for adding some commentary to your own sex life. Sayings like, is it? Could it be? It is. It's boss time. The big dog. Oh my. And vintage. <laughs> at Bertland 19, uh, Jimmy Snooka's cold case file. At V2AWD, Daniel Pewter's health insurance forms from Royal Rumble 2005. <laughs> At Ed Cassidy Comedy, Vince McMahon's official pink slip. Once a collector's item, but recently the market's been flooded with them. <laughs> At Beefcake's Bowtie, Sable Pussy Pocket. <laughs> Wait, shout out to that username too. Yeah, Beef both Cakes of those could be tie. great bands. Did you see Sable Pussy Pocket open for Beefcake Bowtie? <laughs> does this guy want to get like uh, on our Pro Wrestling Tees site and do like a half and half? We'll take half of uh, the Sable Pussy Pocket money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the one thing that could sell. Yeah. Uh, at Dave Caffarel, uh Jimmy Uso's breathalyzer. It'll be brand new since it's never been used. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, at Huskers 88, 
the pictures QT Marshall has on Tony Khan, I would also love a lifetime job. <laughs> oh, best Twitter fans in the world. Best fans in the world. Um, Luke's going to be on in a second where we're going to discuss Kerwin White versus Isaac Yankum. But I think we should go into what we're doing next week. Next week, we're doing the roast of Suzuki. And I believe Harry Tarjanian, who is on Total F and Marks a Ton, is a friend of the show. He'll be on joining us. Uh, as always, show in hell, which I don't know what we're going to do for Suzuki. So maybe, Mike, you can come up with that. Um, yeah. yeah, I could probably come up with something. Yeah, Scott. Right. You oh, yeah, Scott, yeah, I, text, I got you. I got you. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so well, something for show in hell with Suzuki. We're doing Dynamite or Dud, as always. And we're going to be doing uh, for uh, the worst gimmicks tournament next week. Oh, very different. It's seven versus Saba Simba. So we're going to decide which, I mean, that really is a way worse pick than Kerwin White and Isaac Yankum. I got to say, yeah. as far as as like gimmicks are concerned, but while we wait for Luke, let's get plugs out of the way. Mike, what do you got? We're doing the end of the show now, and then and then this way That's we can just uh, run. No, some no. Well, we'll do plugs <laughs> at the end. Why don't we start talking about dynamite, and then when he's available, we'll just do this. I guess one. you're right. Um, all right, all right, all right. AEW dynamite. <laughs> it was not good this week, but we'll get no into way. It. it was good. Oh Jesus, it was not that good this all week. All right, well good. now we got an hour segment. Let's go. <laughs> yeah you're right i thought i thought this we wanted, to do this mike this is why i wanted to wait on dynamite is because i i think this this week's going to be a fight episode um all right so first hour of dynamite we have daniel bryan versus alan angels a daniel bryan segment with john silver and adam hangman page cm punk versus lee moriarty an mjf promo Britt baker promo super elite segment where they almost kill orange cassidy wardlow versus a guy uh, Pac promo and Sting and Darby Allen versus the Gun Club. What did you think about this first hour, Scott? You know, I like most of it. Um, I, I, you know, I to be nitpicky, like I think they should have explained that Hangman and Daniel Bri- Brian Danielson couldn't touch each other uh, that night. So it that was the, the way it was forced, felt forced. Like the way he had to acknowledge it was like it was like catch up, like catch up not catch up the uh condiment um yeah so it was uh yeah that that bothered me a little bit i thought the cm punk uh lee match was fantastic i thought the mjf CM punk fantastic promo. come on man i love dude cm punk's matches dude, dude I, i'm not was, out here complimenting people's fine, matches match. fucking it ever better, dude it was way better than the qt marshall match but dude cm punk's matches have been great you uh. You fucking right. sit there and lay there and focus on your on your breathing when you watch Dynamite. You need to pay attention more. It was fantastic. Punk's I like Dynamite fire. almost as much as you. I just didn't love this episode. Well, no, well I mean, I, I, I'm not even talking about the episode. I'm talking about this match right now. That match was great. It was it was, it was a blast. The MJF thing was fun after. Um, then oh, I I loved the Cassidy uh, uh, super elite thing. I, 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 really I thought that liked- was great. Yeah, him being yeah the, the low the blow, blow and then them great. mocking him like that is so perfect and then what else happened ass club right the ass club and yeah, yeah. thing and darby <laughs> are a fun team to the point where I, I i don't necessarily want to see them have the tag titles but they should be competing for the tag titles like they should be in contention they're a blast somebody was talking about this on the observer scott 
which I think it's like, well, Meltzer was, but like Billy Gunn is 58 right now. Like that guy yeah. can't be on the shit that he's on for that much longer. <laughs> he's got to get off it at some point, you know? Yeah. And but, also my I mean, television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike, what did you think of this first hour? I thought, man, you know, here's the thing. I, I thought the, the first two segments were, were somewhat similar. You know, you had like a, a guy wrestling um, an underneath guy while their opponent, you know, did commentary and all of that. And I thought, but I thought both were great. I mean, to me, I thought after this first hour, like the show already served its purpose because you built um, your title match for two weeks from now, which I want to see. And they did a good job of it. Um, and, and John Silver saying, you can't touch Daniel Bry Brian Danielson, but I can touch Brian Danielson was just so weird. Dude, I want to I want to step in on this. Uh, this was bad. This whole thing was bad, and I'll tell you why it was bad. Number one, Tony, Con they, we never knew about this fucking Tony Khan stipulation. They well, they tweeted Brian, it. I knew about it, but yeah, yeah but this is the, the same thing we say, Scott, where it's like. They think that everything is fucking connected, and it, it's not. Um, yeah, no, but I think they might have mentioned it on commentary like once. They did eventually. Like, Daniel Bryan tried to cover it up. And yeah. I just don't like your baby. Like, look, I like that Hangman is an intelligent baby face. Like, I thought that promo he did with the Bucks before the pay-per-view was awesome because it was measured and it made sense. But you can't have your baby face held back because – some guy like Tony Khan, whose authority, really, how many people should recognize? If you make a certain amount of money in that company, you're not going to listen to what Tony Khan says. So, like, it just was very bizarre to me to not Wait, have... what does that mean? What does that mean if you make a certain amount of... Are you just, well, like, making like, who's gonna, a thing? Come on, man. I mean, who's going <laughs> to fucking... What does that mean? Well, it makes, it makes like... You, you, really, <laughs> you really think that if, if, if Brian Danielson and Hangman Page didn't want to touch in that segment, they couldn't have touched, like... Tony yeah, Khan. isn't that how things work? Like, can't you just make a rule like that? Like, hey, you I guys. Just I just don't. I don't recognize Tony Khan's authority. Oh, That's, okay. That, I understand. That, well, e either way, I just thought that the whole thing of a, a non-fighting babyface champion was so stupid. And, you know, I, I get this. I, I love. I, I don't know how. My problem now with this MJF punk feud is MJF's the babyface for me. Like right now, Punk has had like these really competitive matches with guys he should not be having competitive matches with. No, so, like, that's the storyline, Dan. I know that, but I don't like that. Scott, it's like, great. Dan, Dan. Know, what's the difference between Darby and Lee Moriarty? That's what Dan. I'm saying. You asked yeah, me not much. Not much. They're both great. What? What are we talking about? You took you. You said, hey, Mike, what do you think? And then you just went on a rant. Oh, sorry, sorry. All right, Mike. <laughs> it's okay. No, I, so yeah, I thought the MJF and Punk thing. Yeah, the Moriarty, I, I, I could see both sides of it. It's, it's their fault for not building Moriarty more if you're going to give them a match like this. But I will say the, the promo after was fun because, like I said, uh, the first segment set up your show for two weeks from now. And then this set up next week. You want to see, uh, MJF in Long Island now. You're excited about it. Um, and I am excited for that. They did a good job. I, that. And, and I mean, dude, it was like the Britt Baker stuff was fun. Although it was weird that then like Cole and Britt were like in your next segments and they didn't say anything about it. <laughs> and then, oh, I, mean, uh, I mean, if you know CM Punk's track record, Adam Cole's probably afraid for his life. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, 
You know, I mean, that, well, guy, wait, that guy has had more fucking or track record fighting. <laughs> I don't know. It, CM Punk is like if Batista's dick became a person, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, and then, uh, but the I'm going to murder your dog stuff was like, that was great. I love that. It was so, you know, it's so funny because it's like on its own, it's like kind of weird and absurd, but you know that MJF saying it just to piss him off. And it's like punk could be John wick, you know, <laughs> like this could be yeah. like a fun thing. Um, but I thought, uh, and then the, yeah, the, the gun club thing, I, I think that it's like, I look at sting and Darby as like the, the Harlem globe trotters and anyone they wrestle is going to be the Washington generals. So it should just be like bums like this. I don't think you need them in the, the titles. I don't, I don't need to see them against the Luchas or FTR. It's like the people that wrestle them know what they have to do to get the match over. And that's all you really need to see, you know, keep Darby as this hot single star and then just have him as the guy who could get beat up while Sting does his moves and everyone pops. So that's, that's what I think. But yeah, the fact that, I already want to see the next two shows because of the first two segments means that this show was a success to me. Hey, shout out to the uh, gun club theme music. It's my new favorite theme music in wrestling. <laughs> spa, spa music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's spa music. It's like it's since so bizarre. Uh, also, I, I think that they're really rushing this Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter thing. Like Jamie Hayter's not even over as a heel yet. What I want a baby face, but. Minor complaint. Uh, Robert, what did you think of this first hour? Was I right? Was Scott right? Was Mike right? Um, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Mike's take on it. I didn't hate the first hour. There was stuff in it that was kind of superfluous. I mean, the Brian Allen Five Angels thing, the stories made sense. He's destroying all the uh, Dark Order guys. I'm surprised how quickly they're doing the Hangman match in two weeks. I thought you still could have had a couple more weeks of mileage out of it. Not knowing the you can't touch each other rule was was weird. John Silver is a foot and a half tall. And that was really weird watching him try to climb into the ring. Like Danielson should never tower over anybody. And he was towering over him. I love the Miro promo against the oh, white screen. Oh my God, I totally forgot about that. That was awesome. That was, he, what he's doing is art. And I really love what they're doing there. The Lee Moriarty punk he's match. my vote for promo of the year. It, oh, it's he's great. Um, because, Lee, just because it's so different. I know, like, people love the Kingstons and the punks uh, and the like the shoot promo, but like, what, what Miro's doing is so different. I love it. Yes. Um, Lee Moriarty and Punk was better than the QT Marshall match, which is really damning it with faint praise. This whole idea that Punk is so tired and so worn down from what they really haven't told that story. There's there, they haven't right. earned why punk is so if there was a reason why punk was so fatigued they try to cover it up and say last week he had an upper respiratory infection or or something mjf on commentary was fucking gold um it takes a lot for him to ever them to pop me but when it was punk looks so tired that it sounds like the cm stands for cooking meth was (laughs) just fantastic um he really owned Punk on that promo after. It feels a little bit like The Rock and John I mean, Cena. He looks more like a meth head in recovery than a meth head, but that's just yes. Um, But his whole thing about, it sounds like you're trying to get in Britt Baker's pants, and then Punk responding saying, you're wearing Larry David's pajamas was pretty weak by comparison. It, it well, really... Yeah, I want to I I comment. I hated Punk's promo. And I also want to say like that like, if you watch Curb Your Enthusiasm, one of the things you know about the Larry David character is he fucking hates going to synagogue. Yes, that's like, the whole plot of the season. And he's he's an atheist. He doesn't believe in anything, you know? But he's just was, Jewish by default. 
again, it's can, it's. Can I, can I say one thing though, Robert? We, we yeah. did get from that line, which Punk stumbled the the line, which made it worse. But was um when uh, he starts to do the eh. And yeah. then fucking MJF goes, only I can do the yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that, yeah. that was amazing. That Mac, rule. Yes, Max saved it. And also Max teeing up that Long Island is his babyface territory, the way Portland is Piper's, oh, that, that was the way Brett's is Calgary. Oh, like yeah. that's and, exactly and, what it's gonna be. And it's gonna and be awesome. Punk laughing at it was also very good. It made it feel more real. Um I, I think didn't, people yeah. should react to promos like that sometimes. If someone says, if a heel says something absurd, you should be allowed to start laughing at them while they're oh, saying. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Cole getting a full entrance, I think, was just to fuck with Mike. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the uh, the the orange hat thing, except for the fact that like the Bucks snuck out there for a long time before Chuck Taylor and Yuta showed up. Like they in the, within the world of kayfabe, they should have known. Hey, we probably shouldn't let our buddy go out there alone in what's clearly a trap. Um, I'm glad that the Tony Nese thing was paid off with with this, uh, him in a tracksuit fighting uh, Sammy Guevara at some point, whatever. I loved Wardlow against, I wrote his name down, AC Adams. I think Wardlow's going to be a star. He's got a great look. They're booking him like a monster. Sean Spears being the Weasley guy to come in after with the chair. That totally worked. I never need to see a, a promo again with uh, Penta and that guy. That guy annoys the fuck out of me. <laughs> um, and then the gun club, Look, they suck. I love I love the Wardlow shit. I think the, Wardlow yeah, shit was awesome. The Gun Club. We know job. that they suck. It's funny that they suck. Sting and Darby is a better father son duo than Ray and Dominic Mysterio. And as much as <laughs> as much as I didn't love the match, it didn't matter because the crowd fucking loved it, and that made this thing is that made this match a success. They were all about this because it's Sting wrestling in Atlanta. And with the with the Darby face paint, it looks like how Sting naturally looks now as just an old man. So Sting he probably got the should... reaction Cody thought he got. Yeah. Also, well, Robert, we'll get to that. Robert, the Sean Spears, I do, I do like this. Was the first time I really enjoyed him. This yes. weaselly guy with a chair who swings it when nobody's looking, type of thing. And how great is it gonna be when he has to hit Wardlow? in the back with the chair and Wardlow no sells it and fucking eats him. And that's the, that's the payoff. That's going to be the payoff for this punk uh, MJF thing is hope so. Punk will win MJF. That's what I thought they were going to do with Darby. I think they're going to save it punk and they're going to move on to Wardlow because they're really building that guy like a monster and they're treating him like something special because he's one of the few big power guys they have on their roster. Yeah. Well, I had had to mention something that was great was, the lower, the lower third, when um, CM Punk came out, said, "Went you know, beat QT Marshall in eleven minutes last week on Dynamite." Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we're going to get to the second hour of Dynamite in just a minute. Uh, we have a guest for our "We Must Hate Ourselves" World Cup, our battle of the worst gimmicks of all, all time. What is the worst gimmick? You know him from Summerhouse. You know him from this. Seasons Winter House. We were just in a movie together. My wife's movie, Love Reconsider. Luke Goldbranson, everybody. How you doing, buddy? Did I say Goldbranson right? It's all right, man. It's Goldbranson, but that's all oh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Every- yeah, Almost most people fun. say Goldbranson. It's okay. I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Good to see yeah, you. Dan, great, man. Yeah, Thank talk, you for talk about how you work together again now. <laughs> I, well, I was about. I said earlier in the episode. I'm so glad you could do the show. I think the only reason 
that uh, I got you on the show is my, my thank you for doing it. My wife is like uh, secretly attracted to you. So like, this is a way for <laughs> us to keep, keep the connection for when she eventually, you know, makes her move and tries to leave me. Um, oh my she's, God, she's, unreal. She's making, a, she's making a movie called Love Reconsidered. Yeah, exactly. I think there's yeah, she, your hint. I think she, I think she, when she saw Luke come on set, she reconsidered our, our love. <laughs> Are you kidding um, me, man? With 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 that beard you got, that thing's awesome. Well, Who let me tell that? you, it's it, it's good for a night, but then you once you start seeing the food particles, it it all changes. <laughs> uh, but Luke, you came up. You're a big time pro wrestling fan, and I didn't know that about you. Who who was your guy growing up? So, well, I mean, it kind of changed. I feel like, you know, there was like, I like The Undertaker or like, you know, Hulk Hogan or, you know, maybe it was like uh, Jake the Snake was my jam for a while. But overall, mm -hmm. my favorite wrestler of all time was the Ultimate Warrior. I yeah. Mean, I mean, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I thought he was just badass. I mean, I didn't, you know, there were a lot of like Hulk Hogan fans. And I was like, that's cool. I'm going to go against the grain and just be Ultimate Warrior all day. Have you, you know? seen the documentary yet of Adam on, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, I I have. I've seen I've seen well bits and pieces. I haven't had a chance to watch it fully through yet. But I watched the one on Jake the Snake, man. That was pretty wild. Oh man, that guy's that guy's been through it. Um, yeah. But uh, we uh, we had you on for uh, two gimmicks that are a lot less famous than Ultimate Warrior and Jake <laughs> the Snake. We had what we're doing in this tournament. We're we're deciding definitively what the worst wrestling gimmick is of all time. And this week. We got Kerwin White and Isaac Yankum. Luke, I'll start with you. What is the worst wrestling gimmick out of these two? Um, I'm going to have to go with – it's tough, man, but I would say maybe maybe Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it was super creative, right? Like, they were being super creative, and, like – but it was so funny. You know I what I mean? It creative. Just, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't throw super in front of it, but for sure. Well, they, they what I was saying is, is A for effort on the verbiage, the way they were wording everything and going yeah, about yeah. it. Um, I was, I thought it to be, I was just like, these guys are trying really hard, like too hard that it was, it was comical to me. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So like, I give them the creative effort and in, in, in an A for effort, um, but it was brutal. Absolutely horrible. It's pretty brutal, especially when you think about at the time, Glenn Jacobs was doing a gimmick, which was better called Unibomb at, uh, in Ohio, which I mean, you know, I love conspiracy theories. So I know all this stuff about Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> anyway, I went to go see his like bunker in D.C. Um, but beard uh, makes more sense now. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, wait, Jews, oh, look at that beard. Jews go to the camp so they could say never again. Dan goes to the fucking Kaczynski bunker so he could say next time, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what's the uh, what's the worst gimmick, Yankum or Kerwin White? Dude, this one was tough because it's you know the thing with Kerwin White. I remember watching it. Um, it's a great idea, and he does it really well. Like he does it okay. He doesn't change his voice enough, but. He, it's a, like, but, but the thing is, it's too smart for wrestling and it's too ambitious for wrestling. Yeah. And the fact that like the idea of erasure and, you know, there's that movie passing now, you know, like it's a very complicated subject. The idea of, of non-white people trying to assimilate and, you know, but it's like, 
but do you think, and I and I understand we see it as that, and yeah, it could be like a, an, an interesting, complicated thing. But do you think that's what they were going for? Was I that? think I think that I think they were trying to, but 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 to your point, Scott, they were going for too much, you mm. know. And it was like they they still wanted like cheap wrestling heat, but they had this gimmick that was too smart for them. I'm I'm gonna say I don't know because I know Robert was there around this time, but like there was someone pitching way too smart like someone like did someone get fired from the west wing because you had like the muhammad hassan gimmick <laughs> they, they hired guy. i know they keep bringing this up because when i interviewed with him they always bring up that they had a friends writer at one point oh, it, nice. was, it was dave lagana let's not get excited he was a writer's assistant for like three weeks and they had to keep him away he was from a writer's jennifer assistant An- you had to keep him away from like jennifer aniston or anything oh, he, he, me he, and mike, me and mike for- have way more me and mike have way more credits than, yeah. than that guy um all right well that that, that really just and, really and, and scott's state. funny enough to have that many wait credits. are you telling me that wrestling yeah so your vote is your vote kerwin white mike um, it's the I don't know, man, because Yankum, Yankum is just stupid. Like, Yankum is 90. Yankum, I mean, the only name would be worse would be, like, Johnny Hurt Tooth, you know, the as far as like, <laughs> stupid thing is, like, this was a time when every wrestler had a job. Like, you know, WWF was at their worst business-wise, so they probably actually had to have second jobs. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense. Um, I am going to say Kerwin White just because, it was way too uh, ambitious for how poorly they pulled it off. Interesting. But the theme song is fucking awesome. All right. Well, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to agree with uh, Luke here. I, I think Isaac Yankum was the worst just because at least Kerwin White. I don't know, man. I, I it, it was it was close for me. But the fact that, like, you had Glenn Jacobs, who is really just this, like, you know, became Kane and, you know, had all this potential and was, like, really easy to work with and, and a lot of mobility for a big man. And the best you could come up with was Jerry Lawler's dentist. I mean, that, <laughs> that for me is just, uh, I don't know. And his dentist can't have that much work because he gives all his candy to his dates. You know, he doesn't give it to himself. Um, Robert, who do you, what's your vote? Uh, um, it's, it's Isaac Yankum. Uh, Isaac, the, right, thing well, about, already, yeah. the thing about the Isaac Yankum gimmick is, the name was a Bobby Heenan joke that he used to say, I'm going to my dentist named I Yankum. And they thought it was funny. And that's how they turned into Isaac Yankum. It was derived from the storyline where Jerry Lawler and Bret Hart had to kiss my foot match. Bret had to kiss Jerry. Or Jerry had to kiss Bret's uh-huh. foot. And that, then he had to go to a dentist. Atro- if you haven't seen the that match. Is, the match is atrocious. The angle's dumb. Atrocious. And we know how talented Glenn Jacobs is when he's Kane. And even his fake Diesel, he was athletic. His matches sucked as Isaac Yankum. Um, I was on creative when we did Kerwin White. Yes, it was too smart for the the general wrestling Luke, audience. Robert used to write for WWE at the time. Right on, man. So, All right. when, you know, the idea behind the Kerwin White character was we had the Mexicals on SmackDown, which was super uncomfortable, where it's three Mexican guys coming out riding lawnmowers. And the idea was, he's like, the only way that I'm going to get over is if I act like I've assimilated. And he would come out in the pink polo shirt and the shorts in a golf cart. His name came from our director, whose name was Kerwin Silfies, who is, I, I love him, one of the whitest people you'll ever meet in the history of time. And his caddy was Dolph Ziggler. And I remember the look on Nemeth's face when we told him, you're going to be uh, on TV 
as a caddy and we need to get gear for you. And it's like, what the hell does a caddy wear? We had to send somebody out to like a Coles locally to go pick up clothing for him. He had no idea what he was supposed to wear. The, the theme music was fantastic. It was one of two songs banned forever from the writer's room because we played it too much. It was that and Rob Conway's Con Man song. Oh, that um, song's great. <laughs> and the Kerwin White gimmick would have worked. And this is kind of the sad asterisk to it. We, we were figuring it out and building momentum. We did a great little feud with him and Shelton Benjamin. And then Eddie died. And we immediately uh, turned yeah, back to Chavo. Yeah, but blame Eddie, Robert. <laughs> I, yes. If Eddie's heart would have held that a few weeks longer, this gimmick would have worked. <laughs> the shitty part of this was Chavo had dyed his hair like neon blonde. So when he was doing the Eddie tribute, he still has the Kerwin white hair. And he's Chavo, and it's super oh, uncomfortable. Yeah, but I forgot about that. You're the, right. the Kerwin White gimmick, <laughs> I still maintain, would have been. And, and Mike, we never we never wrote for the West Wing, but all we did was sit and talk about the West Wing. And, and I was it was only it was talking about the West Wing and Lost. That was it at that time in like 2005. That was peak TV. Um, the it gimmick kind of reminds me of the Joe and the Sopranos was on during this time. By well, the, way. the Sopranos it kind too. of reminds me of Joe Gacy. You know, like his. I, that's why I don't mind it because I don't, I don't mind Joe so, Gacy. Wait, wait, wait. So you're saying, Robert, um, people at WWE just talk about the shows they wish they were writing for? <laughs> oh, <laughs> pretty, oh, pretty, pretty much. Yes. Uh, it's. Uh, wait, you it's, guys see according to Jim last night? <laughs> it, it's right for the right for the show you want, not the show that you're on, Mike. That's always the check out. I, I have a genuine question because you're check out Love Island fan. this summer. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, right for Love Island. And, uh, the last season of Crashing and the last season of Inside Amy Schumer, I kill shows. Um, but yeah, Robert, Mike actually wrote the last scene in The Sopranos. He didn't write anything else in the <laughs> He just wrote the fade to black part. Just to, yeah, once they told yeah. me I had, you know, the rights to use "Don't Stop Believing." Um, yeah. But Robert, I wanted to know, like, with because that song, like, both those songs, the Conway song and this song, I know that Jim Johnson is like the genius behind it. Do the writers help with the lyrics at all, or music is its own thing? Yeah, no, you 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 work with Jim um, to come up with the music to give him an idea of what the character is, and if there are lyrics everyone can kind of spitball and send emails and pitch ideas for what lyrics they want to see in there. And every once in a while they wind up hitting and they, and they get plugged in. Uh, the, the Kerwin white song was just so much fun uh, to, to work on because you go to your worst impulses and they work And Chavo loved the character and was doing something different with it. And it, it would have gotten over it. It would have worked um, if it wasn't for, timing I, I think it may have been a little smart for people but they in some places they just get the idea of this guy thinks he's better than us not the subtlety of he's somebody who's mexican-american who's trying to get over with uh a company that doesn't honor minorities the way they should Dude, it was interesting i was watching like a segment with him and he was doing a promo and jonathan coachman's on commentary and jonathan coachman's agreement with him on different stuff and then he goes and just so you know, white makes right. And John's going, okay, well, I have to disagree with him now. <laughs> he just got so <laughs> That's funny. Scott, what's your vote, man? Uh, yeah, actually, Dan, you made me change my mind. I think because of Kane's size, you can't have him be. I'm a fan of jobs. I've, I've said it. I feel like there's a guy with a with like a working, well, I mean, dentist isn't working class. I guess you make more money than that, but you know, like a regular job, I always defend it because 
jobs are scary when you're a kid like those jobs do and dentist holy shit everybody's afraid of the dentist you know but it is the fact that it's a guy glenn jacobs size doing it when he could be doing so much more than that and so (laughs) it's the worst gimmick for that reason i agree all right well isaac yanka moves on um i don't know luke uh thank you so much for, for coming on the show any 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 final thought you picked the right one besides yeah man you know i i i I watched them both and and i went with that because i also just thought the other one was 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 a bit uh (laughs) i was like yeah it's fucked up they don't deserve to win then that actually makes them advance it's a bit yeah yeah but you i didn't think they should advance just because granted you know they were trying to be creative with it but i was just like yeah that's that's oh, a little too you should much see some of the other gimmicks on this list luke really no just, yeah oh my god i'd say there's some i mean there are some really i mean we've i mean you know saba simba next week is like i think way more offensive than Kerwin white um yeah just because it's like it's it's like essentially just a minstrel show um, Oh, jesus yeah hey, luke, half these gimmicks are how low will a drug addict go to keep their habit going? <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's like, true. Luke, I love you on Winter House and Summer House, man. I, uh, I'm not really a big reality guy, but you know, I'm forced to watch them with my uh, wife. And you on the show is one of the few people I root for. So I love it, man. I appreciate that. And your wife is is amazing, by the way. It was a, it was a pleasure working with her on the film. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, and I'm, great, I'm so. your guys' marriage if that ever happens. But, oh, um, <laughs> shut up. You got to come to set and hang, man. Next, next, oh, next project the, we're working on, you got to come hang. Which which one? My my wife or Summer House? Yeah, with your wife. Yeah, you I, I'm not, I'm not, I can't be invited to I'll ruin the whole Summer House vibe. Um, <laughs> can you uh, can you tell us anything about Summer House this season before we, uh, before well, we go can out? Tell, what can you tell us? I can tell you that, um, well... Winter House clearly just finished finished airing, um, and it was right. um, it was a lot of fun, and and I, I hope people enjoyed it. Um, as far as Summer House, was that was less stressful being on Winter House than Summer House? I mean, it seemed like it was a less stressful vibe. I'm stressed every day, brother. Oh, <laughs> really? Day. Like, is it? Yeah. It must be because I, I did one reality thing, like this World of Jank show that was like on MTV. You know, it is very stressful because you're wondering, you know, you're all, you're kind of. You're, it's almost like that Chris Rock joke of like when you first date someone, you're sending a representative of yourself. Like, oh. <laughs> and I feel like that's got to be on reality where like you're not like you're kind of sending the representative of Luke, but it's not, you know, like it, it's got to be a, a mind fuck, right? I mean, over over all the, the years and in, in stage work and, and other work I've done as an actor, being in, being in front of people. Um, yeah. or being in front of a camera and stuff like that, you, you eventually that's not the stressful part. I don't even pay attention to it. The stressful part is just my everyday life. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah. I've got so many irons in the fire, man, that I'm stressed. Great, every day. Man. You know, uh, but, but winter, w- w- both of them are an escape and a lot of fun. I mean, the whole point of, of us spending our summers together is to get a break from the stressful life that we live in the city and all the stuff we have to go through. Right. And we're, and we're, we're able to let loose and have fun. But, you know, a lot of times that stress follows you in everyday life. Like even when you're trying to get a break on a weekend or if you take a, a ski vacation with your friends, you're still stressed out because, you you know, like you have in the back right. of your mind all the, all the other shit you have to do and, and stuff. So but but you know what you find. And then if you you're fucking do. stuck with somebody who's annoying the whole season, I won't mention uh, names, but 
I mean, that's yeah. gotta be fucking brutal. Cause Your it's like, wife. I mean, yeah, like my, wife. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like my wife, no, but I'm just saying you're like, you're fucking stuck with this person in a house for like three months and you got to deal with their bullshit the whole time. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's life as well too. Right. You don't always like who you're, who you're on a team with. Uh, you should run for or... fucking Senator after this Luke. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what? No, but you're you know what? You just... all my juicy questions. <laughs> you just, you just, you just have to find a way to deal with it. I'll tell you what it does. It makes you a better person. Yeah, when you, when you can deal with it, yeah, man. Because in everyday life, you tell somebody to fuck off, right? You know, I don't have fucking time for you. But yeah, for when you sure. when you when you're forced to be in that situation, you have to find a way to adapt and to live, man. Well, Luke, the last thing I want to say to you is, as we know, the Miz started out as road in road rules. So, is there any world in which you uh, you start training? You know, it's funny. My buddy literally told me yeah. when I was talking. You're not tall phone. enough, I don't think, but maybe you are. I don't know. Uh, I'm six two, so yeah, yeah. You you could be like, yeah, yeah that's Cody size, I think. What's yeah. Cody three? I'd have to I'd have to, fill to put out that bit, on but, him, Dan. Yeah, but but yeah, man. I mean, my buddy literally told me he's like, yeah, you're gonna have to get in the ring. You know, I told him I was gonna come on with you guys, and I was like, shit, I'll start training. Let's go. Yeah, man, do it. You'll uh, you'll you'll stop being a hot guy in four years when you're like crippled but like you know it'll, it'll be a fun it'll be a fun journey uh, oh my Luke, God. What, what do you got to promote before we uh before we, we, we let you go here well you should be looking out for uh, a film that i'll be starring in called love reconsidered which you brought up um stay tuned for uh the upcoming seasons of things on bravo that will be coming up um and then uh i'm gonna be doing some stuff with the nhl over the winter classic so oh nice uh, social media and stuff so you can check that out and then um yeah i'm also going to be launching some stuff with my uh my uh my company i'm having a pop-up shop starting next week in minnesota so that'll be pretty cool awesome man well yeah. check out luke's uh follow him on instagram i'm sure you'll get more info for the pop-up shop luke thanks so yeah. much for doing this man i really appreciate it dude dude so thanks, good to be man. on man thank you guys yeah, it was absolutely. nice meeting thank you buddy we'll have you give back a hug for me man Tell me, I, said I, will, I will i will thanks I'll, for everything. I'll, I'll i'll pretend i'm you um all oh, right dude. have a good one all right guys cheers guys take care have all a right, great nice holiday meeting, man. all right you bye. got it later guys bye we'll take care luke Gold Branson, everybody. Nice. Our guy. most handsome guest since PCO. Uh, so. <laughs> I think he's probably our most handsome guest so far. Half that segment was us talking about wrestling gimmicks, and half of it was Dan trying to book Summerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I just tried to book Summerhouse, buddy. It's just like five minutes of just small talk between you two. <laughs> uh, well, I, I knew. I <laughs> I watched that show. Uh, there's a huge um, Summer House uh, wrestling crossover. So, well, how do you get to just because you're in Summer House, you get to just be in Winter House? How does this work? Well, he was. <laughs> he, I don't think it's a high I, I barrier of, of entry, Scott. The pro with Summer House, what they do is they take like all their like their favorites of Winter House. They take their favorites from Winter House and Southern Charm. It's like almost like one of those like mega bands. And they put them all together. And there's just a bunch of hot people they put together and you see who fucks, you know? So every reality show. So every reality show. Yeah, kind of. Um, all right, let's get to the second hour of Dynamite. We're back to wrestling, folks. Don't worry about it. I won't be uh, won't be uh, waxing nostalgic about the season of Summer House anymore. For our second hour, we have a Leo Rush promo slash segment with Team Taz. Taz was awesome last night, by the way. Jade Cargill promo backstage. Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho, which is a really good match. 
and then an Atlanta street fight between Cody Rhodes and Andrade. Since we started out with Scott the last time, let's start out with Robert this time. Robert, what do you think of the second hour? So the the first thing this hour was the weird Jericho promo in the back. Of oh, I forgot about that. Eddie and I, it's like Eddie Kingston and I aren't friends. And then 2.0 and Danny Garcia show up. And if you thought Danny Garcia was boring wrestling, wait till you see him swing a chair. It's still <laughs> just as boring. He's um, not. Oh, no, he, yeah. it was fine. I, I love 2.0. I know, I know Mike wishes death upon those poor guys, but uh, they, they entertained me. It was weird that Jericho gets hit by the chair. They immediately go back to commentary. And Taz is like, we just learned that Jericho won't be on commentary on Friday. So they have the fastest working medicals crew in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I like the course correct on Leo Rush that they they realize like the little guy is a baby face. So why fight it? And we'll just make him a baby face. If only, you know, Cody could realize these things. Uh, the Jade Cargill Thunder Rosa thing was fine. Uh, Chris Satlander and, and uh, Ruby Soho was pretty good. Uh, I liked the uh, Jamie Hayter match from the week before, which, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess they're they're setting up that every match Ruby wins is with a fluke roll up because she's going to be facing Nyla Rose and then I'm guessing eventually Jade Cargill. So they want to establish that she has no finishing move other than whoops somehow I won, uh, which is fine. I do like I will praise Excalibur. Might be the first time this ever happened on the show. Uh, the line that he said if these guys wrestled if these two women wrestled a hundred times it would be 50-50 did more to put Chris Statlander over than the last year and a half of booking by AEW. So that was that was good heads up on him. And then the main event, what the actual fuck? Um, yeah. Cody wants the love of the crowd the way Dustin wanted the love of Dusty. Like that's all that that's all this is. That's um, great. <laughs> him him pulling out props like he's Gallagher and he's like, oh, they loved when I had the golden shovel. I'll bring that back. The the dumbest thing was if this was a street fight, he should have kept his shirt on because the stuff on his back was there to help when he did the, the, the fire bump yeah, spot. Man. And they knew that, and they're talking about it. Like, even Taz goes, did somebody spill glue on his back? Like, shut the fuck up. You know yeah, it. It's not it like was this something is... in the garbage can. Yeah, it was the garbage can. That's a very <laughs> Taz thing to say. Yeah, Cody's <laughs> back looked retarded. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. I was wondering was, when that was going to come out, this episode. It was weird. Um, it, the, the finish made... No sense, because Cody, in the end, everyone at this point has seen it. Uh, he goes through the flaming table, and this pins Andrade. So, um, Well, because it hit Andrade's face, but only Cody's back. All right, Scott, right, because that's how fire works. Well, that's the problem with fire and the problem with this segment, is that, like, like – you can, no matter how tough you are, once fire is introduced, every man becomes like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. So like, <laughs> like everybody, it doesn't matter who you are. So the fire starts and then it's just two guys shitting their pants about what's about to happen. And then when it happens, they're shitting their pants because that's what fire does. And uh, yeah, I don't think fire should be used in wrestling for that reason. You automatically also shouldn't be used in like a fairly a cool little baby. Feud. Like they had not reached the we're gonna try to mortally kill each other with fire. Yeah, I mean, well, it didn't sure, like, yeah. Like Edge and Foley at WrestleMania 22, I thought fire worked really well there. It did not reach that level as far as the feud. Yeah, but I, I well, I mean, I, I'm just hopping on. But yeah, I think this, this is like the main take from the last hour. I, I thought the Leo Rush Taz thing was like, 
a, a bit of a bomb. Uh, a lot of Team Taz stuff is, even though I like all of them. And, I mean, the women's match was great. But, yeah, the main event, I thought there were some amazing spots. Like, there was the uh, Andrade with the knees to the chair in the corner uh, to uh, – Jose taking his shirt off. Fucking – Arm falling off the ramp, dude. Well, Scott, I want to I wanna, um, jump on what you said because you said something really interesting to me in a text last night, which I actually think could describe the whole match, in that it just felt like they were bombing. Like, there wasn't any real fucked up spot. Like, it, it wasn't like, it, there wasn't any wrestle crapness to the segment, but it just felt like it didn't get the desired reaction. And also, I want to say this to, to Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes fans. Last night, what Cody Rhodes got as far as a reaction, that was a John Cena reaction. That was half booze and half cheers. All the other stuff that he's been getting is a heel reaction. Don't give me this shit that you're getting John Cena reactions because you've been getting booed before this. We just saw a John Cena reaction, which was last night in Atlanta. Uh, Robert, do you want to continue, buddy? No, I think Robert was done, right? I hope Arn feels better. Oh, there we go. That fall sucked. Uh, also, I don't. I, I hated Jose not having a shirt on because it really revealed, like, okay, he's clearly just a wrestler. I, I never liked that where I like it works sometimes when you just have a guy who's a sniveling guy and not being like, Oh, it's clearly just like Mark Sterling is clearly an indie wrestler who's pretending to be, he was pretending to be a lawyer is pretending to be a, a manager that takes it away from me a little bit. Cause this Jose guy didn't serve a purpose. Now I'm like, Oh, he's just a shitty wrestler that we're going to see on dark in six months. Yeah, shout, shout out to, to Clarence Mason and who's a real the, attorney in South Florida. Yeah. Fucking legit. I thought, I mean, yeah, this hour, the, the rush segment was just, yeah. It, I it liked not, it. What's that? I actually liked it, but you know, I, I like what they're trying to do. Man. I just didn't it, like how it came off. It was a little uncomfortable. That's it just, you know what it was? It felt like they're doing a backstage segment in front of an audience. Like, it was so weird the way that like Taz was like interrupting him and then like he was trying to remember his lines. It just, it just didn't like, and I really love Leo Rush. It just didn't work. And Team Taz sucks. And then like evil Dante <laughs> Martin. Just like burping and then going, Team Taz sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry. Uh, and, uh, Don, and Dante Martin like smiling as <laughs> a bad guy. It's funny. Um, you know, uh, we were back to 925 live, uh, <laughs> as it should be. Um, no, and, and, and the match was good. Uh, the TBS, like, the tournament has been good, and there's been good matches, but it still doesn't feel like the title means much. And it also, there aren't enough, like, women contenders to Brit that, like, it, it just feels like these are all the people who Brit's beaten. Um, by the way, a successful dentist gimmick. <laughs> that is true. We, by the way, we it, yeah. lost over that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's DMD is better than, was it DDS? But yeah, it, it just, it, it just, it feels like a very, like, like a consolation prize to being champion. Like we love Brit and she is over, but we want someone else to look important. Uh, so hopefully that works. And then yeah, the Cody match was just fucking self-indulgent. It the match that he thought he was having versus the one we were watching are two different things. 
and and I I a thousand percent agree with Robert that there, yeah. I mean, they literally had to create heat at the end of this because there wasn't any. There was one heat <laughs> spot in this entire match, which is when his weight belt got thrown into the crowd and somebody wouldn't throw it back, and the yeah. and everybody was just turned around booing that guy rather than watching the match itself yeah i mean you know because you know i used to complain about like the pacing of this show it's like they gave this match time this felt important here's the guy in his hometown it's just yeah it's just andrade isn't like that guy uh yet like it it just it, it felt it felt triple h to me like in the 2003 way where now it's malachi black now it's andrade like people are lesser once they wrestle Cody and Cody still beats them. You know, Cody ended up like beating Malachi in the end and then the feud was over. So it just, it's just a mess. And the retardant thing, it's like, if that's what you have to do, then don't do it. Like I I'm, I'm all for safety and I'm not going to say, Hey, don't protect yourself, but it was disgusting. It looked like his back was peeling the whole time. It was very distracting. And the announcers had to call it out. It was just yeah. When I like, saw when I saw his back, I was like, "Did Ric Flair get signed in AEW?" <laughs> it was just gross. And then it's like, well, if that's what you have to do. Then don't do it. And the brandy coming out in, as a surprise, like in Folks. the hood, it's like it's a no DQ match anyway. Who gives a shit? So, so here's the thing, and, and this is this is what like my one hang up with it is since it was brandy that came out, there's no way they do not realize that brandy gets booze, right? Um, so they wanted booze in that moment. And I think I a lot know, of man. moments I think in that- thought in Atlanta that he was going to be like Brad in, in Calvary. I really did. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I think they actually wanted him to get booed at the end. I, I think, I, and I think that like, that's why it was awkward to us. And that's what I meant by he bombed because they depended too much on how the audience was supposed to react and they didn't react the way that they thought they were going to react. But um, you know, here, here's the problem too. One of the main that. reasons is fire rules and everyone's going to cheer it. But it was like an uncomfortable match because it felt like they were hoping the crowd was going to do so. I, to the point where I'll, okay. When, when, and when Andrade threw the bell, right. Andrade goes for a chair after it and Cody is crawling and looking towards the person Cody wanted the person to throw it back so he could grab it and hit Andrade. Like they, they were hoping the crowd was going to do so much in it. And it's like, no, the, the crowd wasn't a person in this match. They get to do what they want. And the crowd, you know, didn't do what he wanted. And I think that's how it failed. And, and, and the thing, the thing is, is that I, I just find the whole thing, like, you know, when we're talking like John Cena reactions and all of that, like those are ultimately not great in the sense that the other person just becomes an afterthought if it's all about the reactions one person gets then it's like it doesn't matter it, you know, it's like, not great unless you're selling cena merchandise numbers oh yeah and and, and, and and cody's not selling that much merchandise you know right he's not selling john cena fucking merchandise that's for sure no and i i just i just find that the thing with cody when you look at like this company in, in the last year, especially, and what the Bucks have done, and and what Omega has done, and and what Cody has done, and what I feel like I feel like Cody is should be doing more now now that Kenny's gone for a while, but he just can't. Like he's just not there 
as a character, as a wrestler. It's just, I mean, and I used to really like the guy. I'm just, it was just a boring match and I didn't care. I didn't care who won. And that's, that's a big problem. Well, I, didn't, I definitely didn't care who won, but I'm not, dude, there was a lot of spots I thought were awesome. And you know, the fire spot is a cool highlight reel. If you get the right angle uh, to show. But back, to, but back yeah. to Robert's point. In real time it's, it's was just a, a bit shit. Yeah. But back to Robert's point, why is any of this happening? Yeah, there are cool spots, but there's no reason for them. It's like, yeah, Cody's bleeding because yeah, Cody bleeds in a match, and then, and then you want to like, this is the problem. Like, he wants to have everything. Like, you want this serious match with fire and blood, but then you want T Pain handing a chair and this fucking smarky golden shovel spot. It, it's just a mess. Also, this is a weird one. Why was Brandy involved in this when it's not like something happened to Brandy? I feel like her appearing in this match would have made sense if Andrade said something derogatory to her or he, he accidentally bumped her or, or something where it's she's getting revenge. Instead, this was Cody's not good enough to beat Andrade without his wife's help. Now, if they're really trying to tell a super smart story of we want to make this guy a, a, a super heel without doing it, they're doing a great job. I don't think that's what they're doing because you wouldn't allow T-Pain and the promotion of the Go Big Show to be there for a subtle heel turn. Cody will not turn heel for a while because he genuinely believes he's John Cena. Dan and I, when we did the um, the Patreon this weekend and we talked about last week's AEW Dynamite, a, a quick plug for that for the Patreon, you know, we, we talked about this idea that Cody will work as a heel if it's the, if it's the honest heel story, I, I want him to be the first guy to get physicality on Tony Khan, but I want his story to literally be, I built this company with my blood, sweat and tears and you people won't cheer for me because of this. I'm, I, I did, I gave you everything I had, fuck you and do the John Cena heel turn we weren't allowed to see. That would be fantastic. I just don't think he's willing to do it. And I think that he thinks these reactions are fine. And he's just going to keep going out there and doing it to the point where people are not going to want to see Cody wrestle anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I think what well, we got to, you know, with John Cena, like they really were for forced between a rock and a hard place, you know, because it's like, well, he's our top merch guy and kids do love him. And, and I mean, me and Mike have been in those crowds for Cena during that time. And I've been in those crowds by myself. And it really is split, <laughs> you know, like it really is like cheers and boos and you can hear Cena sections and you can hear the boos and they're just as loud as one another opposing to this situation, which, you know, I mean, like it, he's a heel, man. He's just, he's getting a heel reaction. Just go with it. I don't know. I think they're going to though. I think, I think they just, they bombed because the crowd didn't do what they wanted to do. Dude, dude, there's no way they don't realize that this guy has to be a heel. It, the company is too self-aware. I'm, sure, I'm sure the company realizes it. I'm sure the company realizes it. Dude, I don't think Cody's being stubborn. No way. No way, dude. I don't, but hopefully that's the, the journey and the, and the steps. And, and, you know, we, we, we talked about it before. The hope is that Cody winds up being the guy to take the title off Hangman. Not because he he wants the title. You know, he said, I'll never have a title shot again. It needs to be Hangman demanding that he wants the title on the line when he faces Cody. And he's hoisted by his own petard and Cody winds up winning the belt. 
and that opens the door for a babyface Kenny Omega to come in and save the company or or Punk or whoever else it is. There's a path to heal Cody doing everything you want him to do. Well, the hope is question, that really doing that. I do have a question for you then. So you think the first heel champion, uh, the next heel champion should be Cody yes. and not MJF? Oh, well, yes. my God. What if it's MJF and then a baby face Cody is like, I'm the only one who could save the company from him. I need to get the title oh, off of him. No, I think, I think you, you, can, you can save MJF for, for a little while and, and get to him winning the title. Um, I think that if you, again, if you follow, I hate doing fantasy booking because it's stupid, but if you follow the natural trajectory of what they've got here, you need somebody to take the title off a of hangman it makes sense that it would be a heel Cody because that would be a big moment. Uh, and then if it's babyface Kenny Omega, and then you do Omega MJF at some point, and MJF takes the title off of Kenny, that's his, you know, look at what I've done. Because he even started with it on commentary here with Punk, where he was talking about all the people I've beat. And he cares about his resume, and he cares about the guys that he has defeated. Winning the title from Kenny Omega would be a huge thing for him assuming they get to that at some point in time and that they have the patience that they do because the clock is ticking until, you know, Max is in Stanford. I don't I think he goes, man. He's, he's much shorter than CM Punk. I don't think he goes. He's going to be a great manager for Lashley. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, folks, let's get the high spot was, but Robert, we'll stick on you. What was your high spot of the week? My high spot's a little self-serving, but I'm still going to say it, and that's fine. Uh, on uh, the Sports Center for Snapchat, uh, Arta Ocal, who formerly Kyle Edwards, was wearing proudly his Creative-ish T-shirt this week when he was doing when he was hosting Sports Center, which was awesome and and absolutely popped me, and was a hell of a lot of fun. Are we, Robert? Are we allowed to say the compliment that we got as a show or no? Um, I I will I will say this vaguely. Uh, you can pretty much read between the lines a person that we roasted within the last two weeks who's not cm punk and not teddy hart uh reached out to say that he listened to the roast and that he really enjoyed it and thought it was great and that the jokes came from out of nowhere that's right andre <laughs> yeah <laughs> andre's, andre's ghost andre honestly, you know like i've never talked about like on comedy shows when like probably when i started i was like oh this comic said i was funny but like I, I haven't in years and years and this is the first time i was like wow that's that's really exciting that that guy listened and enjoyed it scott what's your uh it's probably my high spot this week but i'll, I'll pick another high spot scott what, what's your high spot this week in my high spot this week and you know we were off last week because of thanksgiving but that the 18 minute punk uh mjf promo uh thanksgiving eve it made Thanksgiving Eve feel like a wrestling night, uh, which was cool. It felt important. Uh, and it was really good. I thought it was really good. Yeah. So that was my high spot for sure. They just went. Mike. Okay, buddy. This is a good one. Marty Janetti posted on Facebook this week about meeting Mariah Carey. And I'm going to read what he said. Yes. So to continue or finish the Mariah Carey story that got cut off two posts ago, she and Janet Jackson were my fantasy girls. When I met Mariah at the China Club in New York City, she climbed me, was draped on me, then threw up all over my left side. It was warm and creamy. 
but you don't need to wear that in a great club like that. I went and got several napkins. The bartender saw the whole thing and was laughing their asses. I got napkins, wiped off the throw up, and went back to partying. LOL. That's all. LOL. <laughs> and by that, and probably it was just some guy in Tampa, but <laughs> really black. All I out. want for Christmas is you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way that that was Mariah Carey, as drunk as she is. Yeah, and that, that, that was I, Drew I Carey. I know we didn't talk about it, but the MJF Punk promo is fucking incredible. I was like, I gotta go for two minutes to go watch this thing, and it was 18, and I was like fucking enraptured the whole time. Yeah, it was great, and we weren't here last week, so we weren't able to cover it. My hot spot this week is this weekend, man. A lot of fun wrestling. We got SmackDown and Rampage this Friday, but Triple A Mania is this Saturday night. (laughs) It was a blast talking about it last year. It's it's a really fun event because it's like a combo of really great matches and then real crazy, like, like I wouldn't even say bad matches, but just really crazy triple a mania stuff. So uh, that that's my high spot for the week. Um, I'll say my low spot, my low spot. All I'll say is roads to the top is back season two. <laughs> uh, the, the top is my bottom this week. Uh, Mike, what's your low spot this week? Um, I, 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 I may be stealing this from somebody and I, I hope I'm not, but if I am, then feel free to chime in also. But yeah, the, uh, the promos in uh, WWE mentioning the firings are just shitty. Cause it's like, they just look at it as, Hey, it's this thing people are talking about. So let's talk about it. And it's gross. And I, I feel bad for sure. I feel bad for the performers who have to deliver the lines like, like Liv Morgan being like, you know, they, they, you know, they fired all my friends so they could pay for your check. And like Liv Morgan is clearly someone who could be on the next list um, unless she does shitty promos like this. So she's literally having to say something that she's probably very uncomfortable with to keep her job. And uh, I think, yeah, it's in poor taste. We also, that was the crazy thing. The last time we recorded, I think the firings happened right after and so well we we covered him last week but yeah but we haven't we you know we didn't talk about him that much and it's like it really makes you hate the company um i think it's an easy low spot for the year the amount of people they let go with their budget cut bullshit um and uh then to make a mockery of it and 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 do this crap I, i thought really sucked and put a bad taste in my mouth you know, yeah, you to know, try to get the heat on Becky Lynch, it's just very silly. It's like the, the thing about saying a shocking thing is the shocking thing has to be true. That's what makes it shocking. Otherwise, it's like fucking confusing and ass. And even like, okay, the MJF CM Punk promo, it's like the fact that Punk is the face and has to keep it in the reality of, 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 of this gimmick, you know, it that's where he fails in the promos where he has to be like, I didn't mention you because I didn't want to feed your ego. And it's like, no, you didn't mention him. Cause you didn't fucking mention him, you know, yeah. <laughs> of it. Um, and so, and where that fails, but it's like this WWE shit feels so hard because it's not even kind of the truth. You're just making up a thing. You think it's, it's shocking, but you're not saying the real thing. That's shocking, which is what, that Robert, Robert, was record profits. Robert, was this your pick too? This was this was one of my two picks. Yeah, the 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 Liv Morgan one didn't bother me as much because Liv it was brought up the week before by Becky by her being shitty about you know your friends aren't here anymore 
that felt wrong in in a decent way where it's like she's just being a, a bitch edge and and uh miz had a face-off where they were trying to uh scoop the heat from the mjf promo by edge saying the whole you know everyone's talking about you miz even guys on on you know not here um and then to say that i didn't mind mind that part but i didn't mind i was saying i didn't mind that part i get that what they were trying to do but then edge who's the baby face to say to to miz you know john morrison's not here because you went to go do dancing with the stars is really shitty because miz and morrison are legitimately very good friends to put that on him in a storyline is is really fucking shitty. Morrison's an amazing guy. He's a great talent. He's someone who's taken this in stride where he complained that when Lauren Itis fired him, he didn't say best of luck in your future endeavors um, because he's like, he didn't say the catchphrase when you did this to me. He he didn't deserve that. It, sh- it shouldn't be used in a story. It shouldn't be used in a story by a baby face, even if it is being used because WWE has a history of, I tweeted this out today. I'm like, if you think this is bad, see what they do when a wrestler dies. Like they have no tact. I yeah. get it. Um, the the my lighthearted uh, uh, low spot is because of COVID. I'm going to be missing the greatest thing ever because I'm going to post this in the Facebook group at the Planet Hollywood in Orlando. They're displaying <laughs> QT Marshall merchandise. Uh, his 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 ring worn bowling shirt will legitimately be displayed at the Planet Hollywood. Somebody suggested going on Yelp and saying this is a bad idea. I disagree. I want all Forbidden oh, Doors man. listening to this. Go on Yelp Good. for the Planet Hollywood Orlando and say the only reason you are going to this Planet Hollywood yeah. is to see QT Marshall. I want nothing but QT memorabilia filling the oh, halls. Uh, dude, we we should that that will be on our Instagram. Everyone in front of the QT memorabilia. Is on our Instagram. And by the way, the next time I go down to Florida, whether it's for work or uh, some wrestling show, you and I are going to be eating at that uh, Planet Hollywood. Oh, yeah. No, that once once yeah. like the world is slightly back to normal and there's not I don't know what comes after Omicron. Uh, the once the QT uh, variant Voltron. Yes. Good. Once Voltron, all the others form together. Doesn't, doesn't uh, Omicron sound like an NXT wrestler? <laughs> pretty sure that is one of the NXT wrestlers. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the QT, that was the finisher for Techno Team 2000. Uh, bless their hearts. Uh, yes, we need to make the QT Planet Hollywood memorabilia thing a wild success so that it's still there by the time it's safe for me to go. All right, Scott, did we get to your low spot? You would mention, I mean, you had... No, but you know what? I'll make it. I mean, uh, because it, it was for sure the, the, the pro, those promos on Raw mentioning the firings, but the fact that you talked about an exciting weekend of wrestling coming up and you didn't mention NXT War Games because nobody gives a fuck. And, oh, that's, uh, is that Sunday? Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, Sunday. And it's Robert, like, we should do that. All right, announcing now, Robert and I are doing... We're not hilarious. Oh, sure, Robert, we should do. do. Right. No, we should. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm all should, for it. We should do war games. All right. For something to sports entertainment with, Robert Carpolis and I are going to be doing war games. The, the downside to that war games, though, it's the last time Beth Phoenix is doing commentary. She said she's leaving NXT commentary and she's yeah, man. really been good. Well, she's she's going to work a program with Edge and Beth Phoenix. Maybe. Scotty Too Hottie left last week. I heard everybody's just leaving. They're fucking quitting. They don't like it. <laughs> Really? NXT, I'm talking about. They don't yeah, need them. They have Braun Breaker. He's the, Braun Breaker is the future of uh, of the Steiner lineage. I They're will fine. say this about people make a big deal out of fucking Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty has been wrestling for three years. Uh, this was Bronson Breaker, this ladder match this past week. This was his 10th match. His 10th match. And he's this good. 
That I wasn't mean, a good ladder match, though. It and, wasn't and a good ladder match, man, but do you know anybody else who's this good 10 matches in? Yeah, but we shouldn't be watching it on fucking yeah, television Bunny. Like this. Did you hear what you just said? It's crazy. But, but, but Dan, as a kid, he had to wrestle turkey legs away from his Uncle Scott. <laughs> I I just think that look look we give we give AEW guys their due. Uh, I think with NXT guys, as far as like a ten match guy, I can't think of anybody who's had ten matches dude. who's that good. I really dude, can't. Dude, Braun Breaker is a given star, and so you feel like you got to say it now. Oh man, he's killing it! So when he's the champ, you go, I knew it. Oh, the whole time. No, no he Scott, sucks a when, bit right it's now. It's when he's dominant, and then they he's move not, him raw, and they not, make dude, him a gladiator. For 10 matches, he does not fucking suck. What the fuck does that mean? That's not how we judge wrestling for 10 matches. Dude, he's very good. He's very good for a rookie. He's good on the mic. He's good in the ring. I don't understand how he could be against Bronson Breaker. I'm not against him. I just said he's going to be a star and it's going to be awesome. But currently, he's not good. He has the potential to be better than everybody, though. That's what's exciting about him. And let me me just say, this is why we saved the plugs for the end. Because if we did him in the middle... We would just end on a Braun Breaker conversation. <laughs> but, dude, this yes. War Games match, it's going to be, you know, the vets of NXT versus all these new guys in a War Games match. Right, but you tune in to watch Nick Khan fire all the vets as soon as the match is over. Yeah. <laughs> That's the fun of the match. Dude, I did. We talked about this on something of sports, but I really think that Austin Theory's next gimmick should be he's friends with Nick Khan. And just keep bringing it up the whole time. Like, I, I can't get fired up. Oh, I'm, I I'm forgot to text kid. Mike this, but if you have not watched, Mike, the Vince McMahon Austin Theory segments from Raw, oh, there's yeah. five of them. It's the best thing you're ever going to see in wrestling. It is. It explains everything about why Shane turned out the way he did. And it's incredible. It's, it's so pretty weird. nuts. It's, it's very so fucking bizarre. It, it does. It feels like a different show. Like, when you're watching Raw and it went to that, it just felt like, you know, at the end of St. Elsewhere, when you realize it's like just in the mind of a handicapped guy, like that's kind of what it felt like. This was, I said this on something to sports. This is the closest you're going to see to Logan Roy and uh, cousin Greg on WWE program. <laughs> <laughs> that was their dynamic and it was incredible. And uh, I'm, I'm 50% sure Austin Theory doesn't know who Vince McMahon is. <laughs> Robert, what do you got to plug this week? Uh, you can follow me on uh, on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH. If you are a Patreon member, uh, Dan and I dropped a special preview version of what you would get for something to sports entertainment with here for the main Patreon folks. Uh, we broke down AEW Dynamite. It's It was a lot of fun. Go check it out. Uh, other than that, happy Hanukkah to uh, everyone and MJF suit, which was fantastic. It wasn't. A, it was a pretty cool suit um scott what do you got to plug buddy um scott underscore chaplin on instagram and twitter and that's it man total you know uh i almost said total effing marks holy shit do buy our merch at wrestle roast the black friday sales are over but come on man just do it you know i just do it i gotta i gotta what's your problem do it man tabulate how many we i think we sold like uh, from my store, we sold, I think, three or four shirts this weekend. Ooh. Why don't you tabulate uh, that, Dan? <laughs> Dan, tabulate. We sold enough shirts to form a stable of shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have enough. We have, our fans could be a stable at this point. 
Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, uh, Mike, what do you I don't know. Pinnacle, Pinnacle's got a lot of members. That's pretty big. <laughs> Mike, Mike, yeah, what we do just, you We just add Wheeler Yuna to our fans. We're good to go. Yeah. Um, well, he's friends with Robert, so. Yeah, we our fans, the best stable since the Harley, the Hardy family organization. It, it's so funny on the show because Mike and Robert, out of everyone on the show, they probably have the most, I would say, similar view of, like, fandom of wrestling i'm not sure but like out of everyone i think and like mike will then just like accidentally dump on someone that we didn't know robert was working with for 12 years take uh, that Kerwin white <laughs> that's all right chavo now kind of earned it after that whole uh yeah that's true and so did flair who's mark madden is exploiting a crazy person and it's so much fun Oh, oh man, I'm listening. I haven't heard this new. How's this new podcast? This podcast must his, be wild. His podcast is the last two seasons of Uncle Junior. <laughs> they're actually they're actually going to do a live taping at Epstein Island. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, yeah, the 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 Russell Roast Facebook and all that, and yeah, MJF's outfit and Big E's Seinfeld outfit, man. Oh, been, Big E's Seinfeld outfit was awesome. It's been a good time for Jews and wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, Robert, what do you, what do you think is the better outfit between those two? The uh, the Biggie Seinfeld outfit because he doesn't really bring a lot of attention to it, and it's subtle. And it's I remember watching Survivor Series and I'm like, it says Kavorka on his leg, and then I start looking. I'm like, this is it, it's deep cut Seinfeld too. The Festivus one is good. The yeah. the Seinfeld one with all the different references, like re- referencing the trifecta. Is he just of- a huge Seinfeld fan? Yeah. He's a huge, yeah, that's uh, he's a huge Seinfeld fan. Wale's a huge Seinfeld fan. It's kind of how everybody interconnected. It's how I connected with Wale. Like the fact that I'm friendly with Wale and I don't know any of his music. I mean, it's fantastic. But I don't know any of his music. It's like we can talk wrestling and Seinfeld. So it's just him and all my Jewish friends all aligned in the same bucket. <laughs> I, I like how you guys made a Ric Flair at uh, Epstein Island joke. And then you're like, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually think, uh, yeah, Ric Flair. Yeah. All right, I don't, I don't want to be banned from Gotham. Um, uh, Zach, uh, let's, let's leave on, on the OG, our producer, Zachary Million. Zach? Wash your hands. All right, folks, you got it. And we will see if you're on a Patreon, you get fucking Ryback and Triple A Mania. He's not going to be at Triple A Mania. Maybe next year he'll be going against Laredo <laughs> Kid or something. They're not letting him across the border. Mexico has standards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will say, just to give you, like, to get you guys to get over the Patreon, like, as far as research, look, like, I've researched, obviously, on the show Murderers, People with like severe, severe, severe accusations, whether it be murder, sexual assault, robbery, just elder abuse, all this shit. The full Del Rio. And I think (laughs) the full Del Rio. I think that Ryback may be the least likable person we've roasted. He's definitely not the worst. For sure, he's not the worst. But I think he may be the least likable person. And yes, I did watch three of his food YouTube videos. And, oh, and I, think- I have a I have a good Ryback story for the Patreon that if you are on the fence of whether or not Ryback is the worst person, it's going to tilt the scales in, into uh, into your favor. Well, yeah. I had a very sixth sense moment watching the videos because usually when something is recommended that's this bad, it's Mike. So like halfway through the Ryback video, I was like, oh, fuck Mike. And then I realized 
I'm the one who came up with the Ryback roast. <laughs> this is my fault. I, I did this to all of us, so I apologize in advance. It's all right. Uh, thanks, everybody. All right. We'll see you next week, guys. Have a good one.